Welcome to the Happier Life Project, brought to you by free mental health and wellness app, My Possible Self, in partnership with the Priory Healthcare. Now guys, for all of November, we have decided to do something a little bit different on the podcast, and that's to focus entirely on romantic relationships and the areas people struggle with most. The topics we are covering with different world-class dating experts include communication and dating best practices, toxic relationships, narcissistic behaviour and when it's important to walk away, sex and mental health, heartache, breakups and coping with separation. And to kick it all off today, we are diving into online dating ghosting and attracting the right partner with Therapy Jeff. Jeff Gunther, or Therapy Jeff as he's most commonly known as, is a licensed professional therapist that has become somewhat of an internet sensation. He's got millions of followers on TikTok, over 330,000 followers on Instagram and a really solid fan base on YouTube too. His viral bite-sized relatable content is saving relationships, as he puts it, one video at a time. The world of online dating can be overwhelming. It's a bit cringy at times and full of weirdos, but it also can be super fun and a way to meet new people and maybe, just maybe, even your Mr. or Mrs. Wright. But it's a task not for the faint-hearted and it is an area we know many of us struggle to navigate. How do we write a cute bio? How can we be ourselves but not overshare? How can we spot the creeps and the stage five clingers from the real deals? Where do we look out for the red flags before, lo and behold, you get ghosted? Or even worse, an unsolicited dick pic lands in your inbox. Fear not, help is at hand. Jeff has all the best advice, I promise, when it comes to this stuff. So, ready to find a healthier, happier you? Let's get started. Should we jump in? Yeah, let's jump in. Let's go for it. Cool. Welcome, Jeff Gunther. Thank you. Licensed professional counsellor based in Portland. Plus, you're the co-star of the This Changes Everything podcast, which we'll talk about a bit later on. And you're a mental health influencer with 2.2 million followers and counting on TikTok. Also, loads of followers on Instagram and YouTube as well. I don't know how you have time to do everything (laughs) as a lot of your work is online i feel like we've come to the right person to talk about online dating ghosting and attracting the right partner Mm -hmm. so welcome to the happier life project yeah i'm really happy to be here and then i'm on the show this is one of my favorite topics to talk about so i'm very excited okay well let's jump in then well actually before we do Mm -hmm. a bit about you Uh, Your career started off working at a crisis line for people with severe anxiety and suicidal thoughts. So I am very curious how your journey went from this point to everything I've just talked about, Mm -hmm. bigging you up in the introduction. 
Sure. I think, you know, so that was almost, well, that was back in 2005 when I first started to be a therapist. And I kind of wanted to jump in into the deep end at first to feel good that if anybody ever felt like they were going to hurt themselves or if they're having like really big panic attacks um, or they're feeling very overwhelmed, then I would have the tools to address mm. that and to be there for them. So working with people that were in like really big crisis situations at the very beginning of my career helped me sort of like create this sort of like feeling of security. Like if something really uh, horrible goes on, like I've got it, I, I can be there for somebody. Uh, so wow. that was really helpful the first year of my career, just working on a crisis line and with people that were having a really hard time. And then from there, I sort of leaned into what I originally wanted to uh, focus on when I first became a therapist was children, mostly mm. teenagers and uh, their families and parenting classes, um, family therapy. So I I counseled kids in uh, middle school. So, you know, 11, 12 and 13 year old, usually like little boys that just like did not want to be in therapy. Um, right. <laughs> which was fun uh, and, and, and was a challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, but it turned out that when I was working with the parents, I was having like a lot of issues with those parents. I was only 24 and 25 years old. So I was kind of a baby myself and I didn't have any kids or any parenting yeah. experience. So like the parents were a little tough to work with because they're like, who's this kid coming in here telling me how to be a parent? <laughs> so I instead sort of like focus, I shifted my practice on just like working with people that were around my same age in their 20s, mm. maybe early 30s or something. And all of those folks coming in were mostly talking about relationship issues. So I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to specialize in because this is what all my clients are talking about. And I just sort of became obsessed. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so to have that kind of presence online as well, mm. did you see that one coming or? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't see it coming, but then when the when the pandemic hit, I mm. sort of like scaled everything down. I, I like a lot of times I have a lot of projects going on, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on my clients instead of all the other things that I'm doing. And once I did that, I felt like kind of grounded. I felt like I was just focusing on my clients and that felt really good. And then I kind of got bored and I was like, well, what's my next thing? What am I going to do? And I was sort of borderline obsessed with TikTok. Like they have such an amazing <laughs> algorithm that feeds me the videos, exactly the videos that I want to see. And there was a lot of mental health videos that were trending. And all of us were sort of going through this like mental health crisis around the world. So I was like, you know yeah. what? One of the things I'm really good at is taking like complicated mental health or relationship issues or therapeutic techniques and like distilling them into like very easy to understand bite-sized concise digestible tidbits of information that maybe somebody can do something with in order to like feel better get more connected whatever mm -hmm. so i very deliberately started my tiktok account thinking like i'm gonna go viral like i think i figured it oh, out oh wow you manifested it <laughs> i manifested it. i was just like I, I i know what all these like tiktokers are interested in i think i have really good information and it took about four videos for like my account to start to blow up and so now i've been doing that for a year and wow. and it's been really fun wow mm -hmm. okay the world of online dating jeff it's an absolute minefield mm -hmm. let's start with a fun bit of trivia do you know what was the first online dating site? Oh, God. Um, 
I... Before there was Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, Grinder, there was. <laughs> was it Match.com? You're right. It was. It was. <laughs> it totally was. Yeah, it launched on the 21st of April, 1995. Oh my God, that's so long ago. I was just 14 years old, so I was not using Match when I was 14 years old. <laughs> Some 14-year-olds might have, you never Maybe. know, but not you, not you, not you. So. Why do you think people opt for online dating? I mean, it's, it, it feels like it's the modern way of dating. You know, like we've yeah. sort of like since 1995, we've come a long way where back in the beginning in the 90s, late 90s, even early 2000s, it just felt... Um, and maybe it felt like weird or awkward or desperate or we weren't used to like creating an online profile and understanding like how to put ourselves out there. It was mm. back in 1995, you didn't trust putting your credit card online, right? Like it was just like, like <laughs> what is this process? I don't know what's happening here. I don't trust the online world. But now it's just sort of like everything is on our phone and everything is in our pocket. And it's just so easy. Yeah. So whether it's like, trying to, you know, find a car through like Uber or Lyft or even trying to find a therapist. Like there's like really easy online ways to find something that you want. Yeah. And so it just sort of makes sense. And I get and I get it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned sort of Uber, you, you need to get somewhere, you need to go somewhere. And it's like you can see why literally everybody that has Uber in their area would sign up mm -hmm. for it. But when it comes to signing up for romance... Mm -hmm as we're focusing on, on romance for this month. I think there's still people that are a little bit shy and nervous about it. And then there's some people that are maybe just creeped out about it and intimidated about it. So even though everything is online, mm -hmm. there's still, I think, some people that maybe don't want to go there. Yeah, I think so. I think that like when you're, when you're meeting people in real life, in person, you can pick up on all of the signs, all the energy that you're feeling, you can understand mm -hmm. what's going on in the moment and you have so much more data to collect of like, how am I feeling? Is this person nice? Do I like them? Is there chemistry? Do I feel safe? But mm -hmm. if you go online, you can't really tell. And you don't even know if like what per someone is putting online is accurate or not. Um, and it yeah. feels awkward. It feels weird. There's more pressure. It doesn't feel as natural. Mm -hmm. Even though we've been doing it for what feels like ages, uh, there's still mm -hmm. something kind of clunky about it. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. although, you know, I think that things are shifting in, in a way where like now people probably prefer to meet online and through dating apps because maybe it feels too vulnerable meeting in person or maybe it feels too scary to just sort of like go up and approach somebody. I'm 41 mm -hmm. years old so I feel like I straddled these two generations where I remember having to like go up to people at bars or restaurants or events and like trying to flirt with them or come up with like a little one-liner to like figure out how to start a conversation. But I also mm -hmm. understand the benefits of online dating. So I know that there's benefits in both ways, meeting people in real life and meeting people online. Yeah. But I just want to empathize and emphasize that like it <laughs> still feels weird. It still feels awkward. There's nothing wrong with you yeah. if it doesn't feel quite right for you. And I think there's also a category of people that do want to do it, but they hold back maybe because they're intimidated or maybe because they're embarrassed or, and I'm guilty of this myself, in case you see somebody you know on there. Mm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we all know why we're here. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, to like meet somebody and be in relationship. And it feels kind of weird because you're presenting yourself in a way that maybe you don't typically present yourself when you're hanging around your friends or family or something like that. Yeah. Even for me specifically, if I'm a therapist, I am a therapist, <laughs> but if, if yes. <laughs> I get on there and I create a profile, my clients might come across that profile oh. and that's going to be really weird for them. And it also feels weird for me because that's not how I present myself in the therapy session. So right. depend, like if right. you see a teacher that you would never imagine would be, or what, whoever you see it, it does feel pretty weird. Yeah. So what's the answer there? Do people in, in the public sector, if you will, do you just not go on, but then you don't need to answer, but have you ever been on online dating? Oh, yeah. like... I've, I've used online dating on and off for the past uh, 10 or 12 years or something. And it's funny because, right. like, and there have been clients of mine that have come across me. A lot of times I'll tell my clients, even before I get online, like, uh, hey, I'm going online, you might see me. If I know that they're also online dating and I'll let them know, do not respond to me, do not message me, I cannot <laughs> respond back to you, that would be weird. And they're like, yeah. Oh, uh, that takes a lot of the awkwardness out of yes, it, right? Exactly. So sometimes just telling people that you're getting on can take the awkwardness out of it. So you can also look for apps that like fit who you are and what your values are. And sometimes that takes the awkwardness out as well. That's a really good idea. For every amazing story about somebody finding their soulmate and being whisked away and living happily ever after, there's like a bazillion bad date stories. In fact, I was speaking to my hairdresser this morning mm -hmm. and she told me about, because I was telling her we had this podcast recording coming up, and I said, have you ever had any bad experiences? And she was like, oh my God, how long have you got? Uh, she said the one that springs to mind is a guy that messaged her and his opening line was, I would like to be your slave. Wow. And nice. so she thought, well, this guy is setting himself up. I'm going to have a bit of fun here. Sure. So she asked him various things. And um, one thing that I will share is that she said, can you send me a video of you barking? <laughs> So he did. So then she thought, this is hilarious. I'm going to push it even further. She was like, now can you be on all fours barking, but I want the bark to be louder, please. So he said, I can get on all fours, but I can't bark any louder because my mother's in the other room. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I feel like those sorts of things happen more often online because you can kind of like you sort of take the chance and put yourself out there. There's still like a feeling of anonymity. Like you can, yeah. you can get away with it. And if it doesn't work, you just sort of like, don't talk. Also, if you're just kind of a creeper uh, yeah. and you like to get reactions from people, then I guess there's more opportunity to do that. Cause you can sort of like spam message as many people as you want and see mm -hmm. if you can get a reaction from them. I think, you know, asking somebody if you want to be their slave is is fine if you're doing it on the appropriate app with, like, the appropriate expectations. There's lots of kinky yes. apps out there where, like, people yes, want to be tied true. up and want to be slaves or BDSM sort of stuff. So I love that for you. But to do that <laughs> in a way that's really <laughs> unexpected might be a little much, you know? Just a tad. And she also said that I think the reason they matched was 
well, they were obviously attracted to what they saw, but she said when she got the videos through, he looked nothing like Shocker, the pictures that he put on his profile. Uh, So, yeah. yeah. There is this thing, though, isn't there, about when we talk about, like, masks, you can either be who you, I guess, really are, Mm -hmm. and that's somebody that likes to get on all fours and bark or choose your own adventure. Uh Or you can be maybe the person you want to be, or you can be maybe the person that you think others want you Mm. to be. Mm -hmm. So none of this is really healthy, though, is it? Uh, I mean, ideally, you're getting on there and you're being who you authentically are. And you're honest with what you're all about and what you look like and what your interests are and values and core beliefs are. But since you don't have to do that and nobody's like holding you to it, a lot of people kind of go into it being like, how can I be the most attractive to the people that I want to date? And so they sort of like create this persona that they think other people will like. That's not Mm -hmm. exactly who they really are. And I get why you do that. It's probably coming from a place of insecurity. You think that you'll get more matches that way. Like that makes sense. But it's all going to come crumbling down when you meet them in person, right? So it seems Mm -hmm. kind of like silly to not be your authentic self online. Absolutely. When we think about like mental health and online dating, well, this is why we did want to do a, a an episode that focused on it because it can just really be quite detrimental, can't it? Whether it's messages you're receiving or mm-hmm. not receiving mm-hmm. and also being vulnerable as well because if you are going to be authentic, then that mm-hmm. takes some vulnerability, doesn't it? It does. And if you're authentic and you're vulnerable and you really put yourself out there and you don't get as many matches or messages as you'd like, then all of a sudden you feel really bad about yourself. And that's understandable. Like it feels like your Mm -hmm. value is based on how many people like you or don't like you. So if you're not getting the results you want, then you're going to really start to question yourself or feel really insecure and have Mm -hmm. a pretty... Um, upsetting experience on these apps so if you're that type of person do you suggest maybe working on things like self-esteem and self-worth so that if everything you just mentioned happens that Mm -hmm. you can just brush it aside and be like well so what I don't know that person I mean, ideally, yeah, that's how you want to react is like not taking it personally. It's easy for me or you to be like, okay, create a profile and just make sure you don't take it personally. Like that's kind of impossible. There's going to be a certain part of you that's going to take it personally. But I think you also have to like enter into it knowing that like if you do get rejected or you don't get as many uh, messages or likes as you as you want these people don't really know you a lot of people are just sort of like projecting onto you they're seeing your profile and reading it in a very specific way from their right. own lens from their own perspective uh, so it doesn't it doesn't actually accurately reflect who you really are even if you are trying to be as authentic as you possibly can be uh, but yes mm-hmm. working on self-esteem and self-worth and feeling good about yourself is really important trying to enter into it with like a a more playful attitude instead of like very serious um Mm. so trying to like make sure that you feel inspired to do it like this is something i'm really interested in doing i don't know what's going to happen let's see i'm going to put myself out there and and kind of like sift through it and if it starts to feel bad then i'm going to stop or i'm going to pause or i'm going to take a break so making sure that you're feeling like mentally fit (laughs) and that you you have emotional resilience because this can be like uh, a difficult process 
Mm. And then in terms of attracting the right type of attention online, do you have any tips there? It's really hard, isn't it, when you, you're kind of a bit restricted as well with the profile. Usually it's like describe yourself in three words or <laughs> you've got that opening line that you've got to think of something witty. And then mm -hmm. what pictures do you use? So do you have any tips for attracting the right attention? Because it is quite superficial at first, isn't it? We're all guilty of it. We're window okay. shopping. We're looking at photos. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so yeah. superficial. Um, so you kind of have to like, I don't know, accept that to a certain degree that if you're going to do yeah. online dating, then a lot of it is going to be very superficial. And and that's too bad and, ups and it's upsetting. But and, and you're right, there's not a lot of like room sometimes to create like a really big profile. Unless actually, if you if you do use match.com, which is a still still a thriving dating site, I <laughs> That's think, right, yeah. or like OkCupid, there's like some dating sites like that where you really get to like, write paragraphs about who you are and what you're into and what you're like. And you can kind of like mm -hmm. put your authentic self on display. But if you use an app like Hinge or Bumble or Tinder, it's very limited in mm. what you're putting up there. So think about it. Like think about what you're looking for and um, like what you're looking for as in like what type of relationship are you looking for? Are you looking for something mm -hmm. serious? Are you looking for something casual, something a monogamous relationship? You're a forever person, something poly or open. Um, so maybe start there about like what you're looking for. And when you create your profile, especially if it's those like shorter little snippets that you have to enter, try to make mm -hmm. it conversational. Try to make it so that if you put something in there, somebody can respond with a question of like, oh, tell me more about that. Uh, what is your favorite taco place? Um, ah, where, <laughs> um, yeah. where, tell me about like the, your top five favorite books that you said you, you love to read or you enjoy playing basketball. Who's your favorite team? So if you can like create little things that are like really easy conversation starters on your profile, it makes it easy for somebody to reach out to you. Oh, that's really good advice. When you talk about things like match.com and I can't remember okay, the name of the... Okay, Cupid, thank you. You have to pay for those, don't you? But then you do get more of a sort of a sifted, mm -hmm. you, you get, you know, because I'm thinking about somebody I know who got married, who met on match.com and it was like a 98% match or something. So right. they get more specific than your Tinders or whatever that's free. They do. And so that's something to consider. You know, you can join one of the free apps and that's fine, but it's not as narrowed and focused maybe, or they, mm -hmm. or you're just sort of like getting dealt, like you can swipe through everybody and it takes a lot of work. But sometimes if you pay for it, it's kind of like, a, it's an experience where there's like a more sophisticated algorithm maybe that can like better right. match you. So yeah, something to think about. Yeah, so if you are on the freebies, do we have to just resign ourselves to the fact that we are going to see pictures of, like when I lived in Nashville, it was always man-holding fish. <laughs> that was like <laughs> classic. Yes. And um, bathroom selfies, which I think is quite universal. And then, of course, the classic, do I dare say, dick pics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that happens. I still don't understand why people don't think more about the pictures and photos that they're uploading onto their profiles. There's so many. I don't know if like the men holding fish is like a real thing. And I think maybe <laughs> they, they're doing that because it does work for a certain demographic. 
I don't know who that demographic is. Who, I don't know. Who? I mean, and it's like, it's always like the same. It's the same hand even that I remember seeing. I was like, what is this like? Is it an, an, a Tennessee thing? Is right. this an America thing? It was just like man holding fish. They're so proud. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> look at me. I'm a hunter. You uh-huh. know? <laughs> I, yeah, that probably has something to do with it. It's like, look how manly and masculine I am. I caught this really big fish. I'm so strong. And I can provide <laughs> for you. Don't you want to eat fish for the rest of your life? I can provide. You know, so uh, there might be. I'm a pescatarian, though, Jeff. <laughs> and I still didn't take the bait. <laughs> yeah, well, that fish took the bait, but you didn't. Um <laughs> So, so I get it. And, and the bathroom selfies, I think we need to move beyond that. Even even like any selfie, like maybe just one selfie per profile, just because like if you take if all the pictures are selfies, I know yeah. we know that you know how to take a selfie. You have your best angle. It's maybe probably yeah, isn't yeah. exactly what you look like. I think you look beautiful. That's fantastic. But I want to see like all different angles of you. I want to see you doing something socially or like you and your your whole body or something just to kind of get like Mm -hmm. a better idea of what you look like and if we'd be a good match or attractive but the dick pics um typically they're like sent unsolicited like they're they're sent without being you know asked for a dick pic right and i think it's a real bold choice for people with penises to be like sending (laughs) pictures of them uh and i i don't know i'm not sure I, i i imagine what they're trying to get out of it yeah well yeah i'd like to know the success rate as well oh, is God, there like yeah. is there an algorithm for that i wonder yet <laughs> i i'd like to know too i think the general rule is just never send a dick pic unless you're specifically asked for it otherwise it's a very bad yeah. idea um and also like i don't know dick pics aren't like it's not a very attractive like part of the body a lot of the times and and Mm -hmm. men probably can't take like a really good angled selfie of it it's never like very flattering i think they hope that like you're really turned on when you see it like oh my god i want to have that but i'm not sure that's what's really going on it's usually like a a firm uh block isn't it i think (laughs) is probably well from people that i know that that's happened to but that's a very obvious red flag when we look at or talk about other red flags Mm -hmm. um because you're coming out with some great advice here jeff what what do you think are other red flags when we are entering into the world of online dating and trying to um to find somebody genuine and that we vibe with who should we be steering clear of i think one of the first things you need to check in with yourself about is like what does your intuition what does your gut say about this person so a red flag for you might not be a red flag for me it might be a green flag for me right like a red flag for you is like somebody who's like i want to be your slave Maybe for me, I'm just like, I need some slaves. This is fantastic. Like, (laughs) I want my partners to do whatever I tell them to do, right? So possibly a green flag. But but it's so first, like, check in with yourself. Also, I just want to say the, like, me saying I want some slaves sounds horrible. Uh, (laughs) I don't actually. That's not a green flag for me at all. Don't cancel me over that. (laughs) It's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. I like the disclaimer there. Absolutely. So trust your gut. But also um, another big red flag is, and maybe you've encountered this if you've been on the apps, but, like, there are some people that end relationships and then maybe a little too quickly 
create mm. a profile and they create a profile that is like, oh, obviously you're reacting to your ex. You're angry. You're upset. You're telling me what you don't want. I don't want drama. I don't want somebody that can't listen to me. I don't want somebody that doesn't have their own life. If you're telling me what you don't want, that's a red flag. I want to know what you do want. I want to feel positive. I want to feel excited. I want to feel like you're getting on here because you're feeling inspired to meet somebody, not because you just like want to get over your ex. And if somebody says, I don't want drama, you're the drama, babe. You're going to bring it. Like <laughs> that. I don't believe that for Ooh, one second. So that is good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, one red flag for me that I've learned through the error of my mistakes, I would say, is that, you know, when you look at somebody's pictures and they just look a bit different on some of them and you're just like was that taken 10 years ago mm -hmm. but then you try and give them the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. that tends to be a red flag that's you know if I have met somebody yeah. it's been a red flag oh, which yeah. I've just ignored in the past yeah you can you can start you know, like oh somebody looks a lot younger that all these all these pictures are very curated and don't feel very accurate and that's again that's your gut mm -hmm. speaking up being like something doesn't add up I'm not understanding what's mm. going on here. This feels a little manufactured or something. Um, so trying to look for like more recent photos or photos that all look mm -hmm. taken around like the same time period is always a good way to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But is it bad that we're judging others on, on how they present themselves? And again, it, is, it, is this going to cause some judgment on ourselves as well? Or is this just what we're signing up for? Oh, all of the above. Yes. I mean, is it bad? Yeah. Probably. Is it, can we not, can we stop doing it? Probably not. Like these apps are meant to be judged and mm. we don't, you know, like when you meet somebody in person or if you meet somebody in real life, or if you go on a first date with somebody, that's when you really start to understand who they are. Like, what makes them tick? What is their energy like? What are their values? Are they good at banter? Do you feel safe and secure? Can you create conversation? You can't put those things in an app. You can't measure those things and put them in an app. But you can measure mm -hmm. their height, what they look like, their job, um, you know, some like basic demographic information. So we only yeah. have that to go off of. And that isn't actually like what makes a good match. That's maybe like 10% of what makes a good match. And then the 90% is what you feel in person. And if there's like, mm. you know, if you get triggered, can they be there for you? Can they emotionally support you? Uh, are they like mentally stimulating? Do you have the same spiritual or political beliefs? Whatever, you know, like some of those things you can put on an app, but you have to really experience those in real life. So yeah, yeah. we're judging people, but you're supposed to judge people. Um, again, <laughs> go on there if you feel like emotionally resilient and that you have the emotional bandwidth uh, right. to take it, you know. What happens next when you've matched with somebody and then it's like you have to come up with... Some... Getting the conversation going is just such a hurdle, isn't it, I think? It's like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is awful this is so cringe any advice for like how we can start getting into some sort of natural not so awkward banter you know if you want to just 
Google <laughs> like <laughs> things that I should ask, how to have a conversation when you first start matching with somebody. There's like some really easy scripts or questions that you can have. So if you yeah. have like your top three or five questions that are open-ended, that are maybe silly and playful, that aren't like too like vulnerable and intense, then just start there. But like I said earlier, mm. like look at their profile and try to figure out what it is that they're interested in and how you can create conversation around that. So if they like books, ask mm. them about books. If they like sports, what's their favorite team? You know, like just sort of like look at their profile and ask them more information about it. Then they feel seen, they feel understood. They feel like you're actually really interested in them. It's just not a scripted line. So mm -hmm. taking interest in them is is a good idea. And preferably, I would say don't spend too long texting back and forth because you can only go so far you can only really kind of like understand somebody to a certain degree and you probably want to like talk on the phone or talk online or meet in person to like really understand who this person right. is. Yeah. Well, just taking the thread about like Googling for one-liners and running with it, mm -hmm. I did find a top 10, which uh, fun opening lines, which I'm going to rattle through yeah, and see it. what you think about okay. them. Okay. This, I can't believe this is number one, but Hi, I'm interviewing hot girls for a story I'm writing. So what's your phone number and are you free on Friday night? That's, uh, <laughs> that was one. that's a little cheesy and I probably wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> that's a hard pass, yeah. Uh, number two, you must have been a Girl Scout because you've got my heart tied in knots. Okay, I mean, I guess sort of cute. <laughs> But you're not really, you're not really like giving them much to reply to. That's not a very open-ended question. It's just sort of flattering, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about this one? Before we get chatting, I just want you to know that I will never send you an unsolicited dick pic. <laughs> unsolicited duck pics, on the other hand, send a picture of a duck. <laughs> That's cute. And I, now I feel like more safe talking to you because I'm not going to get a gross picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay next one what will we tell our grandchildren about how we met okay a little much for me but <laughs> how do you feel about that one i mean it's kind of a crafty way of to saying so how our first date sure. right yeah so you could i could you could maybe look at it that way but yeah a little bit ott for me right for the for the opening line you should probably tie your shoelaces or you might fall for me. <laughs> Again, kind of cute. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cute. Yeah, so go for it. How much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to second guess telling people to Google one-liners because I'm not super <laughs> impressed with this, but... Go on. There's still four to go. I might okay, be able to right. bring this back. Yeah. Okay. Are you my appendix? Because this feeling in my stomach makes me want to take you out. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gross. Okay, number eight. I think we had a class together once. Was it chemistry? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're hard to please, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> Can I have your picture so I can show Santa what I want for Christmas? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe this works for a certain type of person. Not turning yeah. young yet, though. What a certain got? type of year. Okay, last but by no means least. <laughs> Han, 
doesn't want to fly solo tonight. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> some of these, I mean, if you're going for like a little chuckle or a little laugh, then yeah. okay, that's pretty cute. But, but I'm going to like reinforce that the questions you should be asking should be like really open-ended and show that like you're very interested in who they actually are. Like all these suggestions are cute. And maybe can kind of like get the conversation or it will maybe like get them to reply because it'll mm -hmm. get some sort of reaction. But then you at least need to like follow up with like, this is why I'm actually interested in you. And this is like, I see a certain part of you that I think is attractive. Oh, I'd, I'd like it if somebody said that to me. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. What about the worrying when it comes to ghosting, um, which we've not talked about yet, but also like worrying if they don't get back to you. Is there a kind of average time frame is this another red flag if they take like a week to reply does that mean that they're casting the net far mm. i mean thoughts here i guess it sort of depends i mean a lot of these questions are like it depends on what you feel comfortable with so mm. you get to decide some people are just like if you're not texting me back within 30 minutes then i don't want to deal with it and some people are like take a week you know it's it's whatever like fits your comfort level um for me if I reach out to somebody, I want them to reply at least initially within the first 24 hours, maybe 48 hours, because mm. we all have busy lives sometimes. But then once we like start talking and chatting, I'm going to expect like somewhat regular back and forth. Maybe during the day you're at your job or you're at school or something and you don't have that much time. But you can mm. kind of tell if the energy is there and if you're getting it. If you're not getting it and you're like, I'm not sure what's going on here. If you're feeling uncertain about it, I say move on. Don't try to mm. analyze what's going on and why they're not responding or what you're doing wrong. We don't want to get in your head about this. Like we just want to have like good, easy, playful back and forth without the like questions of what's going on here. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if they're like really hot? <laughs> <laughs> if they're really hot, then you wait for as long as you need to in order to get that <laughs> hot person to reply back to you, right? I mean, yeah, I guess again, it depends on what what you are what you're going to the app for. Yeah. Um, but I do think people do get quite stressed out about these kind of things, right? Like, um, mm -hmm. oh, did I say the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. um, that I'd imagine that comes up quite a bit if they don't get an initial response. Or what about the jerks that? Sorry, I'm getting on a rant. But what mm -hmm. about the jerks that you do spark up a conversation and it flows? Mm -hmm. And then they just disappear and never return. And you're like, what the heck? I hate that. That's not responsible. That's irresponsible online dating. And we shouldn't be doing that. Because if you're starting to vibe with somebody and you're going back and forth, and then all of a sudden you get ghosted, they don't respond, then you're left a lot of times thinking like, oh, it must be me. I must have done something mm. that has caused this. That's a very natural way to think. When in reality probably has nothing to do with you it might mean that they're like flooded with other things it might mean that they're just like they don't feel like doing online dating anymore there's somebody else that they're interested in they read say like interpreted something you said wrong whatever like who you really are they don't really know who you really are quite yet so 
try to not take it personally. Also understand that like, even though ghosting sucks, Mm -hmm. it is part of online dating. It is going to happen. All of us are going to get ghosted at some point to a certain degree. And I hate that for you and I can't stand it and I hope it stops, but this is what happens. So we just sort of need to accept that to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Word. Is it advisable to be speaking to a few different people at the same time rather than putting all your eggs in the one basket, do you think? Uh, again, this is more of a personal choice. I know for me, I like to talk to more than one person at a time because if I do put all my eggs in one basket, then all of a sudden that connection feels a little more pressured. It feels a little more important mm-hmm. than I want it to feel. And I want to be a little bit more breezy and playful. So for me, talking to a handful of people really works because my attention is divided. If something doesn't work out, that's okay. I have a couple other people that I'm chatting with. But for other mm-hmm. people, that feels extra overwhelming and anxiety provoking because now, oh my God, there's all these people I have to respond to. And and what if I let somebody down? This is horrible. So it's sort all of right. up to you. What do you like to to do? Do you want to talk to one person or many people? Mm, mm. what about time spent on apps like the scrolling Mm -hmm. can be so addictive and swiping and do we need to be mindful of this as well that it doesn't just become all consuming yeah i mean these apps are made very similar to other apps like twitter or instagram or tiktok where they have figured out how to keep you on the app for as long as they possibly can, because the longer you're on the app, the more money they're going to make. So we need to realize these are companies that are trying to make a ridiculous amount of money. And in order to do that, they're going to do things subtly, possibly, that are going to make you feel addicted to the app. And so if you're mindlessly like swiping or scrolling through the app, if you're just sort of like picking it up during a commercial break or you're feeling bored and you just kind of like automatically go to it, then mm-hmm. really try to take a break. Like this needs to be a very deliberate, hopefully positive, fun, inspiring thing to do. But if now all of a sudden your worth, your worthiness is attached to it or your self-esteem is attached to it, or you start to feel anxious, you start to feel like you have like an unhealthy attachment to it, then Mm. you probably need to take a break uh, because it's now got you uh, in a way where it's like creating a net negative effect on your life when it should be a more positive effect. Right. And so then what if you do match with someone Mm-hmm. And then you spark the conversations flowing and then you arrange to meet. Then it gets really scary. <laughs> <laughs> Any tips here as in where do we meet? Mm-hmm. You know, like how do we behave? Because now we can't hide behind the screen. We can't. Yeah, we're really exposing ourselves. I yes. love a first date. Like I think that there's so much hopefulness there and possibility and am I going to get my needs met are you going to get your needs met are you going to be my my forever person if that's what I'm looking for or just a casual hookup if that's what I'm looking for like and who knows what's going to happen so I'm feeling anxious but it's more of like a excitement sort of anxiety and I'm really interested in how you're going to present yourself and how am I going to present like how are we going to mix energies together so if you can kind of like hook into that narrative of like oh the mm-hmm. possibilities this is so exciting then it kind of like puts you in a better mental state or emotional state but i also want you to think about 
where can you go that you feel the most comfortable? Like mm-hmm. it might just be going to get some tea. It might be going to get a drink. It might be going to your favorite lunch spot or cafe or a walk in the Rose Garden or whatever it is, like a place yeah. where you feel calm and relaxed and comfortable where you can be your best self. I also think that like, if you can kind of like enter into it with like a positive attitude and things that you feel excited to talk about. So a lot of us have like these like first date stories that they'll tell and go ahead. There's nothing wrong with that. If you think you have like a funny story to tell that you're really good at telling, go ahead and Mm -hmm. tell that story. If you want to make sure that the other person is having a good time, make sure you have questions for them. Take the pressure off yourself and ask them what's up. Tell them to kind of like lead the conversation. And remember Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of us kind of go into these first dates worrying about like how we're going to be perceived or how somebody is going to think about us, flip that script and focus on how do I feel about them? Don't focus so much on how they feel about you, but do you like Mm -hmm. them? Do you like what they're saying? Do you feel safe and secure? Do you think they're funny and cute and sweet and exciting? So if you can sort of be like, this is, you know, you're the one that's doing the interview, not the other way around, then all of a sudden you feel a little bit more in power and control. Mm. And what if you quite quickly realize that there's no spark and um, this isn't going to go anywhere? Have you got mm-hmm. any tips for getting out of there fast? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you tell me what you think about this advice. Okay. I'm, I'm interested. Okay. I think that if you quickly figure out that this is not a match, like when, within the first five minutes or something, just let the date continue on like spend like it's just an hour of your life you can like probably have like an interesting fine time maybe it's not a love match or what you're looking for but like have the date just like hang out for an hour or so you know and then and then leave and then you don't ever have to see them again but to go and for the first five minutes be like oh this is not what i want and then try to figure out like how to get out of this date Eh, i don't know so what do you think about that would you do that that's quite harsh well, I mean, I'd never get that hour back, Jeff. So I don't. <laughs> Time is precious. You're right. Time is precious. I yeah. I I wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings for sure. Um, right. I don't know. It's too obvious, isn't it, to receive the phone call where it's oh, like, God, yeah. what happened? Oh, I'll be there in five minutes. You know. Uh-huh. So I don't know. This is why I was asking you, but you you're saying just be nice and suck it up for the hour, basically. Just just be a nice person. And and, nice tr- person, and try yeah. to have a good time because you're and maybe right. Practice, 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 right? Yeah, practice having conversation and getting to know somebody and being on a date. It, I mean, mm. time is precious. I understand this, but also it's just one hour. It's okay. Everyone will survive, mm. and it is very obvious. If you get that emergency text or phone call and you have to run, now you've just hurt somebody's feelings, and they yeah. know what you're doing. So don't be mm-hmm. a turd and do that. Mm-hmm. And when you can just kind of like hang out for a little bit and then follow up later with like, you know what? There wasn't a romantic connection. Right. Yeah. That, oh, mm-hmm. Speaking of turds, because <laughs> you brought it up. Can we talk about your YouTube video? This is why you get hooked on people that send mixed messages and that like turds. Um, You said we're magnetized to toxic and dramatic relationships. So that made me think, does this apply online as well? Oh, yeah, it does. There's something that happens in our brains where it feels like it's a turn on when we can't quite figure out if somebody is into us or not. 
It feels mm-hmm. dramatic. It feels uncertain. All of a sudden, you're just like, how can I win this person over? It's kind of like you're on a dating reality show or something. Um, right. So not knowing if somebody likes you sort of triggers something inside of you. It's just like, well, I want to be liked. What do I need to do in order to be liked? And then if they do show some interest in you, all of a sudden, that's like a dopamine hit in your brain. You feel really good. You feel like, oh, I got something out of this. And now they're pulling away again. You're like, oh, no, I want to get them back in my life. Mm. So you can easily get hooked into the drama. It's the same reason why we watched why we watch dramatic shows with dramatic love stories. Cause it's like, what's going to happen? Oh my God. And we don't tune into shows that have just like healthy, safe, secure, sweet relationships. That's not right. interesting. That's not entertaining. <laughs> so we right. want to be like the main character in these shows and win the person over. And it, yeah. it creates like hotness. It creates hotness, but it also creates so much anxiety. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. I don't recommend this. <laughs> no, but yeah, you are right. We are addicted to it. And mm-hmm. I still don't understand why we don't. So sometimes yeah. the way I look at it is sort of like there's red flag chemistry and there's green flag chemistry. So like red flag or unhealthy toxic chemistry is when you connect with somebody and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? This is a roller coaster. I have no idea. I have like, I don't have any control. There's like lots of uncertainty. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is so exciting. I can't wait to see what happens. What's up? It's, it feels chaotic. And all of that mm-hmm. feels like a turn on sometimes because you're like, whoa, this is such a cool, crazy ride. And is it going to work out? I have no idea. Maybe they're like love bombing you too, being like, you're amazing. You're beautiful. I love you so much. And then they disappear for four days and then they come back. That Mm -hmm. is chemistry, but that is like a red flag chemistry. The green flag chemistry is when you meet somebody and they're consistent, they show up, they're predictable. You feel like you have like similar matches and hobbies and values. You feel so safe and secure with them that you can be your authentic self. You can be like your real self. And that feels Mm -hmm. so nice and sweet and easy to like sink into. Now that's chemistry, but it's not as quote unquote it's exciting as the red flag chemistry but we're you're, you should be looking for the green flag chemistry where you feel really safe and secure and predictable oh the word predictable so romantic it, that's the thing <laughs> and and when you're in a relationship that's like long-term predictable and yeah. has certainty that is not sexy like that that doesn't that mm. like literally does not turn us on. We don't like automatically want to jump in bed with somebody like that. So you right. have to create that chemistry more deliberately instead of just sort of like banking on the chaos that can create yeah. chemistry. Yeah. We're really complex beings, aren't we? Because we want that security, we want that happily ever after, but yet we kind of Mm -hmm. seek the thrills right so it's like saying that we want the mr nice guy but then we probably don't even look twice at the mr nice guy or nice girl Mm -hmm. you know it's uh we're very very complex as we're sort of wrapping up this convo i'd love you to share your top five tips on Mm -hmm. attracting the right type of person online Mm mm-hmm Number one is, yeah, I, I get, we've sort of covered a lot of these already, but it'd be good mm-hmm. to just sort of put it in a list form for people. Number one, be yourself. 
just like we've said, like be your authentic self, put yourself out there on the dating apps in like the most accurate way possible, because eventually if you meet them, they're going to see who you actually are, who you're authentic. So you might as well start with that at mm-hmm. first. Uh, number two, be really direct about what you're looking for. So if you're looking for a long-term thing, a casual thing, a monogamous or open or poly thing, whatever it is, put it out there. Because if we know what you're looking for, then all of a sudden, like you feel more uh, confident, assured, you that it's, it's just sort of more attractive. And we know if we're going to be a good match right at the start, because hopefully you're looking for the same thing. And if you don't know what you're looking for, then start with that. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for a connection. So then we can kind of like go on that journey together. Third mm-hmm. one, expand your search criteria. So a lot of times when you're online, you can be like, I'm only going to date people that are between this age and that age or this yeah. height and that height, or they have a, a graduate degree or they have, they're making this much money or whatever it is. Like we get really specific and we get really narrow. How tall somebody is typically does not matter when it comes to like how well you can connect with them, how much mm-hmm. money they make. Uh, I mean, there's like huge ranges, but like you can still really connect with somebody that doesn't make as much money as you want them to make, you know, so like really expand your search criteria and be more open to meeting more people for find a balance between going on a lot of dates and quality dates. I think that some people like think that it's a numbers mm-hmm. game, just like I'm going to go on as many dates as I possibly can. It's more of like find the quality dates. So don't go out on a, a ton of dates because that'll burn you out. Try to go out on dates with people that you feel like could really be a good match for you. And number five, stop doing it when it feels bad. <laughs> if you're getting angry, yeah. if you're feeling really anxious, if this is like having a net negative effect on your life, stop it. You're not in mm-hmm. a good place to be dating. And you're probably going to be coming off as a turd, as somebody who's just like angry and annoyed and frustrated and complains about everything. That's not super hot. You know what I mean? No. Mm-hmm. So try to be more positive and inspired. Mm, oh gosh that is such great stuff when you on the flip side attract the wrong type of partner this is usually a cycle this is not usually like a a one-off is it it's like it's history repeating itself Mm -hmm. um how do we break that just by following your top five basically that's quite a good place to start (laughs) you can start there but if you if you do continue to date people that are not good matches have the same sort of like unhealthy patterns or something I would challenge you to date somebody that is outside of your quote unquote type. Um, So Mm. uh, you might be continuing to attract the same type of person. That's not a good match for you because you only date those types of people. So date somebody that works in a different profession that you might not um, regularly date or date somebody that lives in a different part of town or just sort of like switch something up so that you can Mm. really or or go on dates with people that you don't have like a ton of chemistry with, but they tick a lot of boxes for you, you know, because a lot of times like we repeat these bad sort of like unhealthy patterns because we're just like sucked into the energy And it feels like, oh, this feels familiar. This feels so hot. Maybe go on dates with people where you're just like, there isn't a ton of that energy or chemistry at first. And instead create the chemistry instead of like waiting for it to be there. You know what I mean? Oh, that's good. Maybe try dating somebody emotionally available rather than emotionally (laughs) unavailable. (laughs) Yes, that should be number one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Amazing, Jeff. Thank you so much. So I have to ask you this as well, because I ask every single guest that comes on the podcast, and that is to set us some homework. We've probably covered it already, but you can reinforce it now based on the theme of the episode. So in this case, Jeff, what is a simple, actionable thing that we can do when navigating through the world of online dating that will help us on our quest to building a happier life? You know what? I don't think that you should do it alone. I think that like a lot of us create our own little profiles all on our all on our own and just like have this sort of like isolated experience. Bring your friends into it. Create your profile and send your profile to your friends. Ask your friends to create the profile for you. Get feedback from them. When you're like matching with people, send those matches to your friends. So get your community involved with with oh, this process. This. And then it's yeah. fun. It's sweet. You're getting really good feedback. Your friends maybe know you better than you even know yourself. They can spot red flags before you can spot the red flags of other people that you're becoming interested in. So get your community involved. Get your friends and family involved. I bet they would love to go on this journey with you. Oh, what a brilliant way to wrap up the, the episode. I think that's such that just immediately makes it more fun. Mm -hmm. Such amazing advice. I would want to talk to you on every episode of the podcast, Jeff, but I know you've got your own, so we need to plug it. It's called This Changes Everything. So I'm sure, flipping heck, like we've mm -hmm. just scratched the surface today. So for plenty more of you and your co-host, Sarah Rice, mm -hmm. um, then it's This Changes Everything available on all the usual podcast platforms. Yes. Yeah, and we talk about this sort of stuff all the time, and it's really <laughs> yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your website is therapyjeff.com. Yes. TikTok and Instagram, it's at Therapy Jeff. That's right. Yeah. And if you have any questions you want to reach me, you can send me an email at jeff at therapyjeff.com. Like you've just given out your information and everything. <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But no dick pics. No, please no dick pics. <laughs> Jeff, this has been super fun. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You're such a good podcaster. That was really easy. Hello, it's Gabby back with you. Thanks again to Therapy Jeff for just being, well, ace. And thanks to you for making it through this special episode of the Happier Life Project as part of our Relationship Month. Next week on the pod, we are going to discuss communication and dating best practices with Hayley Quinn. So if you haven't already subscribed to the pod, make sure you do. So when that episode drops, you will be notified. And trust me, you do not want to miss it because Hayley, like Jeff, has a great sense of humour and is full of practical, useful advice. Now, this is super important. If you are suffering with your mental health, there is a crisis button on the My Possible Self app, which will signpost you to the correct information for immediate expert advice. Those of you who are listening on one of the podcast platforms, the My Possible Self app is completely free to download so you don't need to worry about it costing you anything. If you found this episode helpful, like I mentioned, please do subscribe and leave us a review if you've got the time, please. And to find and follow us on social media, we are at My Possible Self and I've been at Radio Gabby. So as always, please do take care of yourselves and I'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Bye.